0: Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrow with my co-host, Jordan Lopez, and today's guest, our good friend, uh, Patrick Chiodi. Uh, it's his second appearance on the show. He is co-host of Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. You've probably heard of that guy before. Um, yeah. Pat's also a contributor for Predominantly Orange, our good friend over here. Um, Pat, how are you doing today, man? It's great to have you back on the show.
1: Good to be back, man. You, you guys are killing it. As always, love seeing your guys's content. Um, love pushing your guys's content. I know that you guys work really hard doing what you're doing, and you, you know, you. I'm I'm very glad to be back.
2: I'm glad you're on for this one because I missed the last episode. So I'm glad <laughs> yeah, i exactly. got my ass here, and now I'm talking
1: to you. So I'm happy about that. I know, man. It's it's about time. Last time it was just me and Amir, and you know, we were missing that. We were missing that Southern Florida flavor. Yeah, you know see, what I mean? like we, we need that in there.
2: Missing a Cuban flavor—that's what you're trying to say.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah we
0: we kind of have like a little mixture of everything, you know, be, you know, between who's here, here and there, and all different opinions about everything. I know Jared Judy is going to be bringing, or I'm, I'm I'm referring him to Jared Judy is right now. I know jordan's going to be bringing his <laughs> jerry Judy, uh, you know, debate and everything. Um, but let's go ahead and start off with uh, Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. There's been a lot of talks, obviously. I personally have been on social media recently. Um, We even uploaded a short recently uh, that I I was claiming Russell Wilson has been playing like a top five quarterback. And already some Bears fans, other fans are kind of over there, like, yeah, it's against a bad defense. Like, Russ is, he's not where you think he is right now. He's still the same old Russ. I even had Bears fans telling me that in person after the game. What are your thoughts on Russell Wilson's performance in Chicago week four? The Broncos' first, you know, official road victory since uh beating dallas in 2021 so it felt good to get that one and then how are you just feeling in in general about this uh russell wilson sean payton relationship through the first four weeks
1: well let's start with how i'm feeling um after the first four weeks um disappointed would be um disappointed would be the best word that i could use for my thoughts on the first four weeks i thought that the out of the first four games I definitely felt like three of those were really, really winnable games. I knew Miami was going to be a problem um, just because of the location. It's early in the season. This is a team that's very well coached. So that was always one of those uh, games in in my first quarter that I had marked as an L, but I, I was at least expecting this team to be two and two going into this week. The, performance of the defense has been absolutely abysmal. And the sentiment of like, oh, Russ is still washed, Russ is this, Russ is that. Um, It's funny because a lot of the talk is still centered around this one guy when an entire group of the team is almost single-handedly responsible for all three of those losses, right? Mm Uh, it's really hard for an offense to play from behind. It's really hard for an offense to operate within their structure when you're in the back of your mind. You're like, well, we have to score a touchdown on this drive because I know the defense is going to allow a touchdown on this drive, right? It's so funny that everybody keeps going back to Russ, even though statistically he's playing out of his mind. He's playing the best football that we've seen since Seattle. I've said that multiple times over the last couple weeks. And it's just like, nobody's actually watching these games. My own mother-in-law came up to me and was like, why is Russ still playing so bad? She's a fair weather Bears (laughs) fan, by the way. So this last weekend was very, very good for me. (laughs) She goes to me before that game and she goes, why is Russ still just playing so horribly? And I was like, have you watched these games? See, Yeah, I'm watching the games, but you're not watching the games, okay? Russ has been operating fantastic under the Sean Payton offense, which, oh, who could have guessed, who would (laughs) have guessed that Sean Payton, the guy who turned around an entire Saints team after they were the worst offense in the league, and now all of a sudden the offense is a top 14 unit, who would have thought? Not us. Apparently it it's, it's no surprise that Diana Rossini uh, article that came out about their relationship. Not surprising. Russ is playing very well within the system. He's not taking a ton of sacks. He's getting pressured a lot, which is fine. I think he's the second, or he was the second most pressured quarterback going into the Chicago game. I don't know what it is now, but he was tied with Kirk cousins for the most pressures. Um, so he's getting pressured, he's not taking a ton of sacks, and he's also not turning the ball over a ton, which is great. Cortland Sutton had those two fumbles in in Miami, that's not Russ's fault, all right? That's not Russ's fault. Russ is also not on the defensive side rushing the passer. If he could, he'd be more than a $245 million man, all right? It, the, uh, the team struggles are not on Russ and people need to get that through their skull, okay? I almost I almost dropped an <laughs> F word, but uh, I'm not. I'm going to try hard not to not to cuss too much on this show. Um, but the the struggles aren't on Russ. Plain and simple, um, he's doing very well. I think in operating Sean Payton's offense, um, he's doing very well in throwing with anticipation. Um, his timing is getting a lot better week by week. We've kind of seen this progression of like he's. He's getting more comfortable taking those shots that he wasn't as comfortable with taking last year. The deep shots to Mims, fantastic. They need to get some more of those. Those over the middle shots to Judy, that's fantastic. We need to get some more of those, okay? Keep feeding these guys and keep getting into your rhythm and we're gonna see that old Russ come back. And that's what I'm really excited for, man. These first four games, it's been good, like each game, you're kind of taking something from that and you're like, okay, let's do this better next week. Let's do this better next week. And he's just been quietly putting it together. So these next four games, the second quarter of the season, this is gonna be where it's like, he's either going to really turn it on and you know we're gonna take that, that heat from a five to about an eight, and he's gonna start cooking a little bit more, all right? and once he starts cooking a little bit more and this offense starts clicking together a little bit more that defense is going to be like okay we need to step our game up a little bit right and then that's when the dogs are going to get hungry they're going to smell what Russ is cooking and they're going to get hungry as well that's what happened in Seattle man that offense was operating so well in such a good rhythm the defense was like okay let's get the ball back you know it's it's that mentality thing so while the defense has been playing bad these first four games, I still feel optimistic. We're getting some key guys back this week. Um, let's get them into the fold. Let's get them in the mix. But as far as the criticisms for Russ, it's, it, it isn't fair. Statistically, he's right up there with a Pat Mahomes, with, the, um, with those, those upper tier quarterbacks. But nobody seems to care and actually watch those games. And they just see the L in the column and they're like, Russ is one and three. That's all you got? Like, he's playing great. He's playing great football. Let him live. And he's got a hot wife, too. Like, let the guy live. W. W. All of that. Stick him with
2: Russ. I mean, we've already said how great he's been playing. I mean, is it even crazy to think that he could be even playing better, especially that just Champagne in the system? He's still learning the system now. So he's only going to continue to get better. So, what are your thoughts about that? And then also we already see that he's already operating the middle of the field, you know, better than what a lot of people thought, at least in
1: my opinion. So just kind of expand on that as well. Drew Brees was what 5'9 five, five, on a good day. Um, yeah. One of the shorter quarterbacks in, in NFL history operated fantastic over the middle for the majority of his career. Um, part of that is due to Sean Payton being able to dial up those shots. Um, and the other part is just timing and getting into rhythm and then having a a good offensive line that creates those spaces for you. Uh, Amir, you you were there, you saw Russ's throw to Cortland Sutton. I mean, I don't think you could, I don't think you could throw a better ball than that with anticipation over the linebacker between the safeties in for a touchdown. I mean, that's the Sean Payton offense coming alive there. So uh, to your point, Jordan, we're not seeing the full effect of the Sean Payton offense yet. They're not running power and counter and these other uh, run schemes that he's run in the past. You know, he brought in Ben Powers. We brought in Mike McGlinchey to have a big, beefy offensive line, and we're not even using it to the full extent yet. That's what's that's what's scary, is when, when they start implementing more of those things that we see down the season, it, it's going to get a lot more you know, it's going to open up a lot more possibilities for Russ, especially thrown over the middle with play action, the deep shots, they get Mims more involved. It's going to be insane, right? Guys got, I mean, he's leading the league in yards per catch, only getting like three targets a game. It's absolutely insane. So the more that we see them open up the playbook uh, throughout the season and the more comfortable that Russ gets, in this offense the more confidence he gets in himself last year was bad man it was really bad and this year it's been a completely different story it's partially coaching but it's also partially him he as a person you have to have that confidence to play quarterback in the NFL and he didn't trust himself last year new environment uh lots of personal stuff going on so much media attention a coach who didn't know left from right um (sighs) and now it's like, oh, I have this coach who's actually teaching me how to do these things and teaching me where my eyes should go, teaching me how to how to hit these holes with anticipation. We're gonna see a completely different Russ in the second half of this season. I can't wait. Expand the offense a little bit more. Let's get the running backs a little more involved. Um, once Javante comes back healthy, and uh, it, it's it's going to be a fun to, fun team to watch.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Utah. I, I, The best thing you said, I think, in my opinion, was talking about getting russ into a rhythm i mean the biggest thing going to this season was getting russ's confidence back it wasn't just right right away fixing russell wilson and making this deep shot you know deep throwing quarterback right off the bat like what Hackett was trying to do last year i mean this year has just done such a better job you know play calling getting russ up to speed um and this brand new offense and you know jordan brought it up like these might be poor defenses but it's a brand new offense to russ and all these guys like it's a team sport so yeah um, I think he's just done. Champagne absolutely deserves all the credit. Of getting him into a rhythm, helping him gain his confidence back, and like you said, this play, this playbook, it's an advance. Like Champagne has an advanced offense, so it's only going to open up more from here on out. And yeah. like you said, perfectly. Things are going to get scary, especially with the offensive line we have, and then when Jerry Judy can actually, you know, have you know specific plays that are designed for him, and Marvin Mims is actually getting more than two to three targets a game. This could actually be a very, very lethal offense, and especially when the run gaps are opening up for Javante, look out because this team could be very well averaging north of twenty five a game, um, mm-hmm. it, like on a weekly basis. Um, They're already
1: at twenty three. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're already at twenty. They going into Chicago, you are at twenty three points a game. And how many, how many seasons have we had of like 16 and under points a game? I mean, it's it's if you look if you just look at it from that point of view, it's like, oh, okay, coaching was the issue. Now we have a guy who understands how to run an offense.
0: Yeah. Who who would have thought, man? Who would have thought? Who would have (laughs) thought? Thought Hackett was a genius after all. Guess not. Um, (laughs) we talked about Marvin Mims, Jerry Judy, obviously their usage um jordan's you know spoke a lot about it in our last episode um what what are your guys's kind of thoughts on jerry judy obviously and then the big stuff that came out today um obviously we don't know specifically what it's related to but he did tweet um on x tweet out a little cryptic t- uh tweet don't not yeah. too sure what it really relates to um but what are you guys's kind of thoughts on uh, jerry judy um his potential future here in denver and then the usage uh, by sean payton this early in the season?
1: Well, you know. Um... Wide receivers have a stigma around the NFL, right? Um, they're always going to post cryptic cryptic things, you know, cryptic captions. I'm guilty of it myself, you know? That That's just the wide receiver in me. Um, yeah, it, I think G- with Jerry posting cryptic stuff, that's just a wide receiver thing. Um, I think he's a very talented player, obviously. It, it, he's got the athleticism to play in this league. We know that. He's been in a really, really shitty spot over the over the entire existence of his career in the nfl i mean he's been with bad play callers he's been with bad quarterbacks um and now he's finally in a position where he can he can play football in a really good offense and he can get those targets but he's got to be the one to make the most out of those targets you know what i mean And, and i i'm pretty sure correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure he has either the most targets for wide receivers on the team or is second in targets on this team behind Cortland sutton which is kind of where we were expecting him to be um you know i obviously you're playing against bad defense bad defenses every defense is going to go through their ups and downs but he's one of those guys who can use his route running ability to find holes in the defense and and sean payton's offense all over it all over his offense it's you know you can see choice routes for wide receivers in his position, right? If it's zone sit, if it's man, you go. Um, And and Judy is one of those guys who I would trust in that situation. It's just about having that relationship. So if he feels like he's not getting the work um, that he should be getting, I I think that he is in all intents and purposes. I I do think that he is getting the right amount of targets. Um, I think it's just more of situational football for him right um are you uh, specifically i remember i think it was either the second game or the or the game against miami where he was supposed to run uh it looked like a choice route that was like it's like stick essentially so if it's zone you sit down in the hole it was the third down and russ kind of threw it to him expecting him to sit down and he kind of floated away from the ball and everybody was like oh my god this is russ's fault but that's partially on Judy, like trying to get comfortable in a new offensive scheme. So I think the more that he kind of buys into the offense and the more that he uh, works on understanding how to read the coverages that he's going up against, the better outcome he's going to have as the season goes on. It, it, should he be fighting with Phil Lindsay and Rod Smith on Twitter? No, absolutely not. Stick to yourself, stick to your guns, Put your fucking head down and go to work. All right, you want to be, you want to live up to your first round hype. You want to live up to, you know, your your fifth round option money. Fine, put in the work though. Stay off of social media. Stop talking to these guys who aren't even playing anymore. All respect to Rod. All respect to Phil. But like, you guys aren't on the field anymore. Leave it alone right if i think philip Lindsay said something about oh all this money going to the wide receivers and they no show dog (laughs) the wide receivers did fine right the wide receivers have been playing fine it's not on the wide receivers at all how about we talk a little bit more about the running backs where the hell are they what the hell are they doing jaleel mclaughlin had a career game javante williams gets hurt samaj p ryan he's doing fine he's not doing he's he's fine right why are we sitting here talking about the wide receivers? Judy had himself a fine day. He had himself a fine day against Miami. Um, I, I don't see any issues with it, but I think for him, the advice would be stay off of social media, put your head down, get into the film room and work on being the best wide receiver that you can be.
2: Yeah, uh, Judy, let me do all the stuff for you on Twitter. I've been already going on bat for you, so just let me handle all that. There's a social media
1: manager right there.
2: Yeah, yeah, I got you on that, so don't even worry about it. Keep on focusing on you, but I know I can talk about the targets and all that for about maybe 10 to 12 hours, but I won't get into any of that. I will ask you, though, we have seen Judy come out of the backfield several times against the Commanders and and the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We didn't see as much in the Bears, which I was surprised about. What do you think about that and do you like Judy come out of that backfield because i I personally I love it
1: um as an offensive coordinator myself um, i I believe in uh, I believe in using your most athletic players in all tor- all types of certain situations right yeah. um, we saw Kansas City do this with Tyreek Hill numerous times we're seeing Miami do it with Tyreek Hill now yeah. um, it, it's one of those things where you know you, you want to Make the defense think as much as possible. Uh, they did the same thing with him in Alabama. I mean, they would send him on orbit motions uh, when they had Tua, and and they would run like it's essentially, essentially a triple option, right? Yeah. Uh, you go out a pistol. You've got your running back behind you. You've you've got Judy coming across. Uh, you're snapping it. You're reading, and then you either have the the bubble from the orbit. To judy or you have the run or you have like a backside slant coming through right um it, it's just one of those ways because now the defense has to think oh shit this guy who is extremely athletic and could probably juke me out of my shoes is running full speed he's about to get the ball um, but that's all the the diversion aspect of it right um i i think with judy in sean payton's offense i think that there's opportunities for to use him use him out of the backfield a little bit more i'd like to see him i'd like to see him just work out of the slot mainly if if it was me i would love to see him just work out of the slot keep running option and choice routes for him because that's where he's gonna eat right in and and that's where russ and him have to communicate a little bit more he's he always strikes me and jordan i said this in the the mainly show he strikes me as one of those guys who just wants to play ball yeah he just wants to play football that's fine play football then don't don't play me ball play football right so if I was Sean Payton I'm using him more in um in the slot I'm letting him have choice and option routes and I'm using Mims out of the backfield in those situations, you could interchange them, sure. But if, if it was me, I'm using Mims out of the backfield, I'm using Judy in the slot, and then I'm using Cortland outside. That's just me. But I think if Judy can just play football and and work on his relationship with Russ in the playbook, I think that he's gonna see so much more success. And we're gonna see that first round hype pay off big this season. He had some great catches against Chicago great get that slant that he caught where i mean it was like right here and and he looked it in that would have been three years ago that's probably a drop drop 100 it,
2: I, I i said that on the show
1: yeah and, and that's like that's where we're seeing that growth with jerry judy as well so it, it's really exciting i think that there's still so much to see from him and i really hope that he starts putting those games together because that's going to be huge
0: and then Marvin Mims, we talked about. I mean, the dude's had like 240 receiving yards on nine catches. He has like yeah. 30 yards per reception. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, if, and it's, it's kind of like a different situation between them because like Marvin Mims, he's actually not getting a lot of snaps, but when he does, they're using him properly. Yeah. But then Jerry Judy's like almost always on the field, but he's not necessarily being used like properly how Jerry Judy should be used. So yeah. it's, It's one of those things where Sean Payne did talk about, like, you know, those guys, he's still learning how to use them. Um, They're still very early in the season. Yeah, so – I think it's one of those things where, you know, like Pat mentioned, it's going to be one of those things as the playbook opens more. And as his team finds more success with the run game, they're going to figure out things more within the passing game. And especially with Russell Wilson, getting more comfortable with the offense, you know, he already is pretty, you know, fairly comfortable this early in the season. So when things open up more, I think we're going to see more of these weapons gel together. They're going to figure out their identities in in this offense. And that's where you're going to see all the creativity open up with those guys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, Sean also mentioned that he's using Judy as a diversion tactic yeah. uh, to open other guys up. I mean, that big throw to Mims was a result of Jerry Judy being underneath and the defense catching that and saying, whoa, 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 he's, he's not where he's supposed to be. It's going to him, right? That, that is how, as an offensive coach, that is how you use players. You put, them in, you put them in a position to also open up other guys, right? So if, if Judy can just continue going along this path and learning this offense, it's going to pay off, I promise. I try to tell guys all the time, like when I was coaching, I would try to tell guys all the time, like you have to run this route a certain way because when you do, this player is going to come down, they're going to see it, they're going to come down, and it's just going to open up everything else. And they hate it. And I, I'll never understand why they hate it. I loved, like, me personally, I love being used like that. Because I was like, yeah, take the, like, give me the attention. But my team's still going to score. It's a team right? sport. It's a team sport. You have to open up things for everybody else. It's not just about you. It's not just about your stats or your numbers. Maybe Judy's focused on a payday. Maybe he's focused on getting a contract somewhere else and saying, I, I need my targets. I need my catches. I need my touchdowns. Buddy, that's not how this works. This is a, this is a team game. We're, we're going for wins. We're not going for numbers. And I don't want to put any words in Judy's mouth, but I'm just saying, if he's upset about how he's being used right now, sorry, buddy. We're trying to win football games.
0: That's a good point. I mean, um, let's go ahead and move over to the defensive side of the ball. A lot to talk about on there. We already talked about it a little bit, but Vance Joseph, you um, Obviously, there's some there's some players re- eligible to return from the IR and PUP list this week. I mean, um, and then injury report as well. We have PJ Locke, Justin Simmons, Big. Baron Browning, Josie Jewel, Kwan Williams. I mean, those are a lot of players. I, I'm not too sure how many or which specific one of the out of those group are going to actually be able to return this week. Um, we should be getting that you know news within you know I don't know the next 24 or 48 hours. Yeah. Um, but like, what do you feel? has gone wrong for the defense this year and how much of the blame are you putting on van joseph in this staff i know it's very easy for fans to immediately go for van joseph's head but there i feel like there's a lot more that goes into it and some people have brought up good points like this this secondary, this defense, like the talent, very lackluster if I'm being honest. And um, while there was a lot of these, uh, you know, same guys from last year with Evero, as opposed to this year, we are dealing with injuries and uh, we did lose some guys in free agency. So what what are your overall thoughts in that group?
1: Um, You know, looking at it, um, looking at the defense as a whole unit, it just doesn't look like it's very well coached. And and, and I'm going to be, I'm gonna say that with the utmost confidence because um, when you watch football, and this is a tip for everybody who's listening to this, when you watch football, watch the play, but watch the body language. That is the single best component of watching film that you can look at, is what is the player's body language pre-snap after uh pre-snap post-snap and after the play okay and in the miami game body language was poor from the jump right you had guys not hustling you had guys just diving you know not really getting down into their tackling technique um, which resulted in 24 missed tackles Um, and even this last game in that first half it, it was like it was the same thing plays Uh, plays that the Broncos gave up, guys were just hanging their heads, you know, shaking their heads, not commuting. I mean, Alex Singleton was ripping into Drew Sanders um, on, I think it was was a Cole Komet catch, um, but he was just ripping into Drew Sanders because Drew was supposed to follow him and he didn't. And he got sucked up to the line of scrimmage. You can't do that. You're playing undisciplined. You're showing your cards. You're not playing what your coach doing. Alex Singleton, he has taken a lot of shit the last couple weeks. He played out of his mind last year, one of the best tackling linebackers in the NFL, had a bad game against Miami. Part of that was because Jewel went out, but the other part of that was, dude, these guys were gassed, right? And then in, in the Chicago game, I saw him trying to be more of a leader by trying to, to tell guys like, hey, that's your responsibility. That's your responsibility. I shouldn't be coming across the the effing field to pick up your guy because you got lost in the sauce all right um so overall from this unit i'm not seeing a ton of pressure on the quarterback i think against miami we only had two pressures total this last game was a little bit better terrible offensive line guys got hungry in the second half which was awesome to see But all in all, not enough pressure. Defense, uh, sorry, secondary is giving up way too much underneath, missing tackles, passing off responsibilities when they shouldn't be passing off responsibilities, or sticking on responsibilities that they shouldn't be sticking on. And instead passing them off. There's just not a lot of communication. Part of that is not having Justin on the field. Part of that is having guys that you have to kind of put in. And then part of that is the system, is how Vance Joseph coaches and teaches the defensive system. I've sat down with Chris Harris, and, who played in Vance Joseph's system. And we've watched some of these clips, and, and he's like, I don't even know what coverage this is. He's like, I, I don't even know what they're running here. Like, what is this call? This isn't, this isn't what, you know, th- this isn't what Vance Joseph's defense is supposed to look like. That first week we we blitzed more than any team in the league, got barely any pressure. So now they've kind of backed off and now they're allowing so many yards per game. And it's because the safeties are playing deep off, corners are playing deep off, they're playing with bad technique. It's just, all, all in all, it's just ugly it's ugly football. It's ugly defense and something needs to be done, but it starts at the top, right? It it starts at the top. And then it trickles down. If it's not coached right, if it's not taught right, the position coaches aren't going to teach and coach it right. And then the players are going to fail, uh, in game. And that's what Sean Payton said after the Miami game was that he went to the position coaches. He went to the coordinators and he said, I want you to evaluate yourself. And how are you doing this in the film room? Are you putting your players in a position to succeed? and he did not, right? Vance Joseph has not put his players in a position to succeed. Uh, he's he's allowing way too many yards, allowing way too many big plays, and something has to change, whether that's changing your defensive coverage, whether that's blitzing a little bit more, whether that's mixing up your blitz packages, something has to change. I think having those guys come back from injury is going to be a big shift. You get PJ Lockback, who's, who's a guy who's, you know, He's played in this defense before. He knows how to communicate with these guys. He knows how to communicate with Kareem Jackson. You get Justin Simmons back, who's arguably your captain of the defense. You get Baron Browning back, who's gonna bring a little more juice off the edge. Maybe we can start getting a little more pressure. And then you bring in Kwan Williams back, who if he does come back healthy, that's a huge, huge get, because that's a veteran leader on the defense. It's a guy who you can trust in the slot. You don't have to put Bassie in there. Or or trust Damari Mathis outside like you have a guy who has played in this role before who knows what he's doing and knows how to how to talk to the rest of his defensive teammates and it's going to be a big big help for the defense. Are we going to see success? Who knows. But getting those guys back is going to be huge. And maybe Vance Joseph is doing a little bit of self reflection. Can I pin it all on him? I can. And I will because it starts at the top. If you want to, you want to be a defensive coordinator in this league, you better be able to take the heat when you give up almost 90 points in two weeks. You know what I'm saying? So that's where
2: I'm at. So to continue with that and the guys coming off the IR, the list. do you think, you know, these guys like Baron Browning, Simmons, PJ lock, you know, all these guys, are we going to still see this defense on Sundays still give up 30, 35 points? Like, Are we going to make Zach Wilson look like a Hall of Famer or Nathaniel Hackett, or is this defense going to improve because of these guys? Because it looks like every Sunday now we can just expect the defense, no matter what who's on the field at this point, they're going to give up 30 points.
1: Well, I'll say this about this weekend. You better hope that everybody's mom stays home. Uh, for the game, because Zach Wilson might be popping off in this game against this Broncos defense. I want to say that things are going to get better right away, but the reality is is probably not. We're probably still going to see um, a good amount of missed tackles. And this is a good running team. The Jets are a good run team. So if they get the the run game going, it's going to be a long day. And this Broncos defense has shown They can't stop the run. We paid how much money to Zach Allen to be better than Draymond Jones? And let me know how that's going, right? Um, I I think that this is going to be a couple weeks thing. I think maybe around week seven, eight, it starts to come around. But as of right now, no. I I think Zach Wilson should have a big game. Uh, If he played that way against a really, really good Chiefs defense. Yeah he's probably going to carve us up so hide your mom you know if your sister's a mom if you're you know you have an aunt don't bring her to the game all right leave him at home fill fill the bronco stadium with men and zach, not to sound sexist <laughs> not it's not not that kind of comment okay but if you fill that stadium with men zach wilson's gonna have a terrible time i'm just saying
0: hey, Amen. I guess he figured out the code for Van Joseph. Van Joseph, you got to exactly. start uh, putting in some words with ownership and everything. I don't know what the uh, tickets, and yeah. seating and everything. I don't know, but keep
1: Taylor Swift far, far away from the Broncos Stadium. Oh boy, keep her far away from it.
0: File a restraining order ASAP. <laughs> let's get let's get that locked in. Um, but no, to wrap up the uh, defensive, uh, you know everything with the defense. Um, I thought you brought up a really good thing, a point about communication. That's something I personally have thought about a lot the yeah. last, you know, 24 hours and ever, ever since the game is just like, when you look at all these players that are missing, they're really only like true leaders that you have on this defense right now. are like, Alex Singleton and like Kareem Jackson, like you're That's losing, it. you're missing Justin Simmons. P.S. Two is a great player, but he just does not talk. Uh, from what I've seen and everything, like he yeah, uh, he knows he knows a lot. He's a quiet guy, and I mean that isn't a, a knock on him necessarily. But like when you were missing guys like Justin Simmons, Josie Jewell, who's been widely considered as glue to that linebacker room, like is. You know, obviously, a good leader, and then you got Kaywan Williams, a great leader. That's yeah. a big reason why the Broncos even brought him here in the first place from San Francisco. So communication, to me, has been a bigger issue that, like, that has been overlooked by Broncos country. Yeah. And I think getting these guys back, these all these guys are veterans. That is going to be huge. And I think if we're going to have any sliver of hope of getting back to maybe an inch of what we were last year defensively, it's going to be getting these guys back this week um, against, yeah. uh, you know. Obviously, a Jets offense that isn't the greatest, but seems like they're picking things up. And if they're going to have a, a week where they, you know, go for thirty-five points, it's going to be against us. But hopefully, we have any, you know, any sight of hope with these guys returning from IR and the POP list.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be tough because you're going to have guys coming back into the mix, and you know it, they've been out for you know months now. I mean, some of them been out for a couple months now, and um that communication aspect is so so big and you're absolutely right uh by saying that it's something that fans haven't really been talking about but this that's what i'm talking about go watch re-watch the games and look at their body language and you can just tell that guys are frustrated because there's no talking there's there's no talking whatsoever in the washington game no talking that it's just it's silence, and, and that's hard when you have a guy like Kareem Jackson out there who's a veteran and a leader, and there's still no communication. It's hard when you have a guy out there like Josie Jewell who you know, gets hurt in the Miami game and then can't play in, against Chicago, and you got Alex Singleton trying to talk to a rookie who looks like he's playing lost half the time. And it's, it's going to be one of those games where we have to make a statement. This, this is a statement game this is a statement game, all the BS with Hackett and, and Peyton aside, this is a statement game for the defense. Okay, don't, don't come out there thinking, oh man, we, we stink as a unit, like we're gonna give, we're about to give up, you know, 30 points to the, the Mormon, you know, it, like, no, you have to come out there and say, this, this team did really well against our divisional opponent, almost beat them at home, with Taylor Swift in attendance, we have to, we have to step our game up. We have to do better. Got guys back. Time to time to lock in. Second quarter of the season, it's time to lock in. You win the second quarter of the season. You you end that quarter three and one or two and two. I call that a win. I call that a win. So the defense has to step up and it starts now. It starts in this game. Get pressure on the quarterback. Make Zach Wilson think a little bit more change up your change up your blitz schemes for christ's sake change up the blitz schemes bring more pressure on him we saw what he could do you know with pressure in his face he crumbles he crumbles put the onus on him right there's a good offensive line you're getting a guy back in baron baron browning who you really want him to be that premier edge rusher this is going to be this is also my fix for this defense take drew sanders and put him on the defensive line. Let him rush the quarterback. Stop putting, him, stop putting him in situations where he has to follow the running back sideline to sideline. It's not there right now. He's not up to speed. He knows how to rush the passer. If Randy Gregory isn't getting it done, put him out there. What's the worst that's going to happen? Oh my God, he's going to get a pressure, you know, or maybe he gets eaten up by the, the offensive tackle. Oh well, now you have something that you can coach. Now you have something that you can look at and build upon. Use him in different ways. This is why Micah Parsons has developed into such a good player. It's why Baron Browning is where he's at. That guy started at middle linebacker. They were like, "Oh, let's see what he can do rushing the passer." Geez, that's weird. Freak athlete can run fast.
0: Hire. Put him outside. Hire Pat defensive coordinator right now. No, God no. Give me George Payton's number. (laughs)
1: <laughs> don't don't put me out there as DC. We'll we'll give up 60 points a game. But if you put me out there as OC, hey, Sean Payton and I might be able to put something together, man.
2: I'm I'm starting to believe again in this I mean I'm gaining a little bit of hope, but talking about hope, I the last question I have for this episode for you, Pat. Yeah. Is is surrounding Randy Gregory. You just brought him up. I I know we just saw Nick Benito start over Randy Gregory and Benito had a great game. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him. Yeah. Uh, What do you do with Randy Gregory at this point? What What's his uh, role on this team, especially with Baron Browning coming back? And you just alluded to the fact, and Amir brought it up in our last episode. Drew Sanders can also rush the passer. I don't know why we haven't tried that yet. But like, what is Randy Gregory's role? And I don't want to bash on him. It's just it doesn't like his role does not seem clear right now with this defense.
1: Um. You guys remember uh, a guy named Isaiah Simmons? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah i i remember isaiah simmons uh this guy was a freak athlete coming out of clemson play linebacker safety slot doesn't matter goes to arizona who's the dc in arizona vance joseph you guys know what isaiah simmons did in arizona <laughs> not a whole lot right i i honestly think that it comes down to vance just doesn't think in that creative space of how can I use this guy to the best of the best of his abilities? What does he do well, and how can I amplify that? And I think in the case of Drew Sanders, it's, oh, we have this guy who's really athletic um, and was arguably just as good of a pass rusher as Will Anderson was. Um, I'm going to use him in space. I, I'm going to see what he can do in space. It's like, it, bro, you're not using this guy right. Okay, um, and then as far as Gregory goes, that's tough, man. Because this guy signed a huge contract, um, and it, we all kind of banked on the promise, right? It's 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 not the the what has Randy Gregory done in Dallas that makes this contract so enticing. It's ooh, look at the the things that he did in Dallas. We could do more with this. And it just hasn't gotten to that spot yet. So at this juncture where you can get off of his contract, he's not playing the best, but some team probably could still use him. When it gets to the trade deadline and you've got Baron Browning back, and and maybe by then Sean Payton has slapped Vance Joseph enough. And, you know, we're getting to see Drew Sanders rush the passer a little bit. You float Gregory out there to whatever team, whatever team needs a a veteran pass rusher um, down the line. As long as it's not the Raiders or the Chiefs, (laughs) we're good. Right. Um, But I think with this draft class coming up and the, you know, the the lack thereof of. draft capital you've got to at least float it out there and see what you can get are you going to get a second round pick for him no are you going to get a third no a fourth maybe who knows but i'll take that fourth round pick over paying that guy the rest of that contract you know what i mean so that's kind of where i'm at with that
0: yeah one thousand percent um Pat, my last question for you today, uh, yeah. moving aside from football. Uh, the Ooh. last time we had you on the show, Damian Lillard, obviously for those of you guys that don't know, Pat is a huge Trailblazers fan. Um, and as right before we had him on the show, Damian Lillard requested a trade, as Jordan's putting his Celtics hat on right now. <laughs> Damian Lillard requested a trade from the Portland Trailblazers, Trail and now is official. He has been traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, can't remember all the trade de- details off the top I of my guess. head. Obviously, it was a multi team trade. Um, yeah. you can definitely uh, go to you know speak to lengths about this. Um, I know your, your boy, we had uh, Mario on the show. He was clowning you, he said the next time we have you on the show, when Dame is traded, you would have the uh, white and black filter on. Um, it'd be a little of an emo phase. Um, how, how are you feeling right now about this uh, trade, Pat?
1: So, <clears throat> First of all, I want to start by saying thank you, Damian Lillard, for 11 great years of uh, Trailblazers basketball. Rip City will never forget you. The city of Portland will never forget you. Uh, the impact that he had in the community here was massive, uh, not just in the basketball realm, but also in the football realm. His, his brother, Houston Lillard, uh, a arena football legend, if you don't know, go look it up uh they ended up building a very strong seven on seven football brand out here the team lillard brand um, so again thank you damien for all everything that you did as far as the trade goes the trade to the milwaukee bucks they bring in drew holiday um and uh, uh they got deandre ayton out of it they moved nurkic to houston or to phoenix and then ayton to uh portland and then nasir little And Keon Johnson also went to Phoenix. Um, And then they ended up flipping Drew Holiday to the Boston Celtics for for a healthy package, might I say. A quite healthy package. Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams III was the big one. That was a big one. And then uh, I think two first-round picks. The 2024 Golden State pick um, and then another first-round pick down the road. Yeah. And, and then they also got a 2029 first from Milwaukee and then a 2028 2030 swap of the first picks with Milwaukee. So, all in all, four first round picks DeAndre Ayton, uh, Tunami, I think is his name, and, or Tumani, and then, um, and then Robert Williams III and Brogdon. Look, as a Blazers fan, happy for Dame. Go get your chip with the Bucks. Best of luck in Milwaukee. It's time to move on to the Scoot era in Portland. We're gonna have Scoot, eight and Lobs all day. Shaden Sharp's gonna be jumping over the hoop this year uh, and getting Robert Williams as a depth piece and Brogdon as a depth piece as well. I mean, look, we we went from talking about the Blazers tanking and rebuilding to this might be a fringe eighth seed team. You know, if if they can start playing well uh, and they can start hot out the gate, I think that Aiton is a much better center for what they're gonna try to do now than Nurkic was. Nurkic fits much better in Phoenix, where he can set screens and get the shooters open. This yeah. is not gonna be that Blazers team. We're not gonna see our point guard, you know, come down the court waste 10 seconds and then throw up a fadeaway three off of a a screen from the softest seven foot, 300 pound guy I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, This is going to be a pick and roll, uh, you know, pick and kick type of team with, with scoot operating the offense. This guy's 19 years old. He's already been playing at an NBA level for the last two years. That's scary. And the fact that two teams passed him up, I'm happy, man. I'm, I'm happy for Dame because I think that, He's gonna be in a place where um, he's equally as loved as he was in, in Portland. And I think that he's gonna be in a place that gives him a better opportunity to win a championship. I don't think he was ever going to win a championship in Portland. The organization did not do enough for him. They disrespected him numerous times, probably should have traded him away seven years ago um, after uh, 2016, because that, that's, you know, that was when they were at the, the height and then they just faltered off um and they really didn't do much to help him after the fact and they were disrespectful to him on numerous occasions so don't blame him for leaving really happy that he's somewhere that he can win a championship um and somewhere that he can beat the heat you know um tyler hero had some great comments about portland the other day about how he doesn't want he didn't want to play for portland because portland didn't want him well guess what buddy be mad at your own team because they were trying to trade you and we didn't want you so uh, you know, I'm happy all around. Miami loses, they lose in the finals. Dame's going to Dame's going to win a championship hopefully in the next 2 years. Portland's a fringe playoff team. Basketball, baby, let's go.
2: Yeah, not just don't worry about anything Miami heat related. The only real Miami teams are the Hurricanes footballs and uh, the Marlins
1: who are in the playoffs today. So, that's all I thought about. Yeah, shout out to the Marlins, man. Off-season baseball in Miami is is big. That's big. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Also, um, Miami Heat. I didn't know they were accepting uh, WNBA transfers because now they have J- Jamie Butler playing for them now. So wow. uh, that was an uh, interesting acquisition. Uh, if you guys didn't catch that yesterday. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That that was great. Yeah. Emo. Uh, emo. Jimmy is is hilarious. That's that was the all time. Do you guys uh, think
0: he got dared or like this is the actual look he wants to take on? Because he has piercings and everything now. Nah, like, there's nothing
1: wrong with that, but nah. So this this is what they this is what I'm loving about uh, NBA Media Day now is it's becoming yes. like it's becoming like a, a joke. joke, you know? Like last year, last year he had like the, the dreads. long treads, like yeah, all yeah. the way down, and then like the next day cut him off. Like it, it's just it's a meme for him, right? Yeah. It it and I love that. I think that that's hilarious. Let these guys live a little, show their personalities. Um, Jimmy's a really funny person, like outside of the basketball court loves, like he was at the U S open, um, you know, just chilling, you know, yeah. watching tennis. He's, he's got a coffee business. Like he's hilarious, dude. And the fact that he did that, that takes so much time and dedication. Pro, Yeah. All time. So that's going to be his picture for the media for the whole year. Yep. Right. <laughs> so it's, it, it's an, a thousand IQ play, right? ESPN has to show that photo. It's
0: great. That's amazing. I I love Jimmy Butler, especially a Chicago native. Gotta love him. Respect him. Um, But yeah, in the sport, man. Absolutely. Um, that's going to be it for today's episode. Uh, Pat, thank you so much for being on yeah. today's episode, man. Uh, for all the listeners, viewers, make sure you guys are listening on YouTube. Hit the like button, subscribe, help us get a 2K subs. And then any platform you guys are listening over there, make sure you sport, show sport as well. Turn notifications on so you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. Uh, before we go ahead and get off of the day, Pat, Jordan, uh, where can they find you guys' work? Where, where can uh, all the listeners find you guys on social media?
1: Uh, You can find me on Twitter or X, whatever you prefer to call it, at Patrick Chiodi. Uh, Make sure that you guys are subscribed to the Let's Ride podcast with uh, me and Chris Harris Jr. over on the Believe Network. Um, We'll also – we have a a brand-new YouTube channel where we're going to be posting episodes and clips and stuff like that. So make sure you guys go check that out. Um, And, yeah, just follow me on the socials. Get your Broncos updates. But make sure that you're following Broncos Avenue as well. That's
0: the GOAT. Appreciate you, man. We'll have we'll have his links in the description, everybody. So check that out. Yeah. Don't
2: don't follow me. Just follow Pat. I <laughs> want not to say, I won't even say my username because uh, you guys should be following Pat instead. So just follow him, and then you'll be good to go. Because ridiculous. Uh, people are in my DMs as of right now. Good. Just like right now, I'm getting told to get to hike in the Rockies again, Amir. So oh,
0: again, I'm man. In again.
1: Ask so. him. Ask him for recommendations. Ugh, ask him I mean, for recommendations. I. I'm gonna have to. But
0: they're really circling uh, back on that man it's not like you wear a miami shirt every single episode or anything like that like
1: don't know this guy's a dolphins fan he's not he's not even after oh. why i
2: saw the memorial on sunday <laughs> i mean they kind of i mean i don't know
1: they won yeah. you over oh boy to a to his oatmeal got you
2: got no. you going hell no <laughs>
0: Jordan, oh, the number one Tua Tua Tungabailoa uh, lover here, um, signing off for the good. day. He personally told me uh, that Tua oh, deserves God. to be a Hall of Famer, deserves to win MVP. <laughs> wow. And, uh, yeah, it's all coming from him, man. Never would make yeah. stuff up like that. But Never. with that being said, um, everybody that's listening, man, everybody have a great day. Uh, but until our next episode, I'm your host, Amir, with my co-host Jordan Lopez and today's great, 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 amazing guest, Patrick Kioti. So the next one. Peace out, everybody.
2: Peace.